fellow listeners, and I just wanted to thank you for being a part of our listening audience. Uh, this episode, we are going to be discussing saltburn. Uh, so I just wanted to give you a quick trigger warning. Uh, there may be some material in here, including graphic sexual content and violence. Uh, so we just wanted to give you that before uh, your listening experience. If that is something that bothers you, I would just say skip this episode, no big deal, and listen to some of our other episodes. All right, thank you and enjoy. So, we are back. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We I took am... a little brief hiatus there for a bit, but there was a lot going on. Yeah, do you want um, to tell us a little bit about what was going on? Sure. Um, I, in July, uh, moved to Pittsburgh, and I got married uh, all in a small window of like six months. Um, so it's been a little crazy. So we haven't really been recording, but I'm happy that we're back. I'm so excited to be back, and boy, do we have a doozy to start off on in 2024. Yes. Happy New Year. We are going to be talking about Saltburn. Yes. <laughs> the film that has caught everyone's attention, I think. I cannot scroll through any of my feeds without someone talking about Saltburn. They either love it or hate it. Yes. So we decided to unpack it. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of scenes to talk about, so I'm ready to hop in whenever you are. Yeah, totally. Uh, so this is a film that was made by... Emerald Fennel. Yeah, so it was directed and written by Emerald Fennel, um, and she has been in projects like uh, Killing Eve, uh, Promising Young Woman, uh, she had a cameo in Barbie. <laughs> she was Midge. Uh, so no she had, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that when I was looking up IMDb. Um, but she, uh, I think that Saltburn is very reminiscent of Killing Eve and Promising Young Woman. It kind of has that same style uh, to it, that sleekness, that coolness. Um, she was... Um, in both of those projects. And I think it really shines through in Saltburn um, to create something visually stunning. Like we'll talk about the script in a second because she also wrote it. Um, but from a directorial standpoint, it it's a stunning film, if nothing else. Um, I think even if you hate it, you have to say that it's visually a masterpiece, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think it was like, it was shot in England, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of old things in england england is just old yes it is old country it is there's just like i don't know the buildings are just so old that you're just like wow that's a really old building yeah wow that is really old <laughs> wow that is a really old building and and i agree it was visually stunning um but at the same time like it was very slow to start the film like to me, like it really like kind of like was like, all right, like what when is when like when are things gonna happen? And then things started happening and then you're like, oh, okay, a lot is happening right now. I think even when there wasn't a lot of things happening, there was in the background. Like there was like a lot of things kind of foreshadowing like what was going to happen if you were paying attention. Oh yeah, definitely. On a second watch, um, you can definitely spot some of what was going to happen in the third act. Um, although I don't think that it could have prepared you for what 
specifically was going to happen. Um, uh, just right off the bat, a lot of people have compared it to the talented Mr. Ripley. And we will get into those similarities a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's with Matt Damon. Uh, it's an older film, but there was a lot that was the same about it. And so, 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 so much that was different. Um, but it takes place in England. Um, and the main characters are Oliver and Felix. Felix. And uh, it all starts with their friendship at Oxford. Oliver is kind of like a social outcast a little bit. Uh, he doesn't have any friends. And he has a really tragic backstory. I mean, his parents are alcoholics and drug addicts. And he has, um, you know, no friends. And he's there on a scholarship. So he really doesn't fit in with all of the rich kids. And uh, that becomes very apparent, um, you know, from the beginning. He's kind of like all on his own. He has that one friend who's very strange. <laughs> yes. who uh, Michael Gavin or Gavy. No, it's Michael Gavy. And it's played by Ewan Mitchell, who also is in House of Targaryen. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's Aemond. Did you know that? No, get out. Yeah, he's Aemond. And he looks totally different in saltburn than he does obviously in house of targaryen obviously because he has two eyes but again like they made him like super like mousy and unattractive which i feel like is kind of hard to do because i mean when he's aemon's like i don't know i feel like he just has like like i don't know a swagger but once you see it i guess you just like can't unsee it yeah now i <gasps> stop oh my god now i have to look at him <laughs> but <laughs> While you do that, I'm going to just talk about the rest of the cast, and hopefully I pronounce their names correctly. Um, so Barry, uh, Bear, there's Barry. There's Barry. We, we love Barry. Um, there's Jacob Alordi, uh, who plays Felix. Uh, Rosamund Pike pay, plays Elizabeth. Allison Oliver plays Venetia. I don't know what else she's been in, um, but she does seem like kind of recognizable. Uh, there's Archie Mattaquee, uh, who plays Farley. Um, Carrie Mulligan, who plays Pamela, Ewan um, Mitchell, who plays Michael Gaby, and then uh, Richard E. Grant, who plays Sir James. Um, and when, at, when I was watching um, Richard E. Grant's like mannerisms, he reminded me of, oh my God, it's going to elude me now. Oh my gosh, he's in like so many movies. I think he plays the dad in Wedding Crashers. Oh, Christopher Walken. He reminds me of Christopher Walken. <laughs> I can see that. I don't know why. I think it's just his voice. Like their voices are very similar. So I don't know. I was like just like watching Sir James and I was just seeing Christopher Walken. And I know that they're two so totally different higher. people. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it's a star-studded cast. I mean, like uh, everyone from, you know, Barry to, you know, Carrie Mulligan, that doesn't really have a, a large part, but her part is poor Pamela. Oh my God. Her wigs I was living for. <laughs> her outfits were stunning. Uh, I just loved it. She was like literally like this whole like mob wife era. Like she started it. I feel like she kicked it off. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to like say it right here. Like I think that she kicked it off the mo mob wife era or the mob girlfriend or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and then the costuming in general, like Rosemond, R Rosemond Pike, um, her character, flawless. I think she's beautiful in anything she does. Honestly, she's amazing um, looking. Uh, but, and then... Venetia? Venetia. Venetia. Her outfits were just 
phenomenal as well. I think that the costume design was amazing. And then when they took Barry from, well, I guess we should say um, Oliver, from like this nerdy little kid to like this like stunning fashion forward, he just, the transformation from like an ugly duckling was amazing. The last scene costumes, phenomenal. The party? Yeah, the party. Oh. The costumes were out of this world. Like it was like, it, I don't know, it reminded me of like being out of like a Shakespeare play. Right. It Especially kind of- like the sequence of like everything going on. It was just like so like Shakespearean of like how like how like the scenes were shot, in my opinion. If like Shakespeare were to like direct to that whole sequence of events, like it just seemed very like like classic, but like I don't know, modern. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like if Shakespeare had a party and it was a rave, that's what it would be like. Yeah, definitely. Um, So for context for people that haven't seen the film, also, spoiler warning, we're going to do a whole, you know, debrief of the whole movie, especially the third act. So if you don't want to be spoiled, there you go. Um, But those of you that have seen The Talented Mr. Ripley, um, spoiler already, because it's kind of the same premise, but um, essentially Oliver is, uh, you know, struggling at Oxford to find friends. He befriends Felix. And um, after a long first act in Oxford, I thought that went on way too long. Oh my God, so long. Oh God, like I, I get it. Like, but I feel like that could have been condensed to 15 minutes of like anguish, like yeah. of him just being awkward instead of like a whole like half hour or whatever it was. Um, yeah, they they spent a long time setting it up. Which like, I guess in hindsight may be necessary for you to see his motivations. But I just thought it went on too long. Some of the scenes just drove. They were very visual instead of like context driven. I guess there was some foreshadowing in it. Um, but I feel like they could have condensed it. A little bit more just to for time's sake um because the movie was long i think it was two and a half hours so yeah, it was definitely like not a like let's watch this you know and then go to work like <laughs> yeah, can I you imagine it? if you watch this and went to work like- i watched it before bed and i just had like really weird sawburn dreams like i think for the next like four nights um but this uh, movie also reminded me of a book that I had to read in uh, either middle school or high school. It's called A Separate Piece, and it's by Jonathan, uh, John Knowles. Um, it was published in, like, 1958, um, and it's a story about, um, like, Finn and Gene Forrester, who Gene, I think, pushes Finn out of a tree um, and kills him. So it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. One of the, pl- like, plot points was um, one of Finney's ideas during their... Gypsy Summer of 1942 was create a super suicide society of the summer session. Finney creates a rite of initiation, having members jump into um, a river from a very tall tree. But then Finney has an accident and then dies. And it like takes place during World War II. So to me, that was like a very similar like connection I made in my brain. But it kind of deals with like this whole undertone of like psychosexual nature of you have this male friend, he's popular, he's funny, he, like, just has, like, this, like, charisma, and then you, it's, like, a, do I love him, or do I hate him, or do I want to kill him? Like, it's, it's just this weird, like, intense, I guess, attraction. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, I can see similarities there. 
And it seems like it happens like a lot in um, like prep school. I don't know what they're doing in prep school, but or like these like boarding schools, like it seems like that's like a common theme for like boarding schools. Like there's always like a popular one and then there's like a not so popular one who like wants to take that like popular spot. Yeah, it's kind of like um, modern day compared to clout chasing, but yeah. <laughs> And that's definitely a theme in in this. Uh, Oliver wants to be something he's not, and that that plays out as a, a common theme through all all of it. And I mean, from the very beginning, he has the one friend who's Aemon Targaryen, um, <laughs> 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 who uh, is you know going on, and uh, he drops him like a fly as soon as like um, Felix gives him the light of day. Like as soon as Felix starts talking to him, he's just like, yeah. Um, screw you I don't care about you like this friendship means nothing um and that could have been some context to what's going on um later on in the film with uh Oliver's want to be in this societal status and you know climbing the ladder I guess if you will but um after they get to Saltburn it uh will start first context um if you didn't see the film Saltburn is the name of the manor uh, so that's where the name of the movie yes, comes from. The estate. Oh, the estate. I'm the sorry. Estate. No, I. <laughs> so um, that that is the name of the estate is Saltburn, um, where Felix's family, uh, I guess, vacations. I'm gonna assume. I don't think that's their home all the time. Um, I think. Oh, that's, that's like a great question. Um, yeah, I feel like this is like a family that just is super rich mm-hmm. and. Yeah, they must just, I don't know, I can't imagine them like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know if they like live there full time. But yeah, I think it's probably one of their many manners, especially if it's Sir James. Like, I don't know. I just imagine that he's like from descendant, like kings, because they were talking about that when they were like going through the stuff. Like, they were like, oh, this is like King Bubba Buzz. And these are descendants. These are relis, as they called them, which I loved. I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah, once they get there, um, they're greeted by the rest of the family. Um, Felix's mother and father. Um, and Scary Elspeth. Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, also the butler. the butler, who is very scary. <laughs> and then also um, we have Farley, who's the cousin, who's also at Oxford and um, is a thorn in my side. Uh, and Oliver's as well. And you don't um, like Farley? I hated Farley. Um, and in hindsight, he was completely correct in all of his assumptions and everything he did was justified um, because he was really trying to get in the way of Oliver and for good reason. But Farley was so irritating. Like I was cheering for Oliver the whole time. I'm sorry. Like I know you're not really supposed to I guess but I wanted Oliver to succeed in all of his actions and <laughs> I just his endeavors endeavors um which we'll get to but I was just like Farley stop messing this up for Oliver like stop it see I feel like Farley was like like kind of in Shakespeare like almost like the comic relief but like the truth yeah um so like he so I liked Farley because I think that he was like the comic relief I think that Throughout this whole thing, he was, like, a truth seeker. He was, like, the magical harp of everything, like, just being, like, la, 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 here's the truth. Um, This person's shady as fuck. Like, you know, he's just not who he says he is. 
Um, and I think you can kind of see that in the egg scene where Oliver hasn't been there that long and they they're talking about breakfast and they're like, oh, like, can I have a full English breakfast too? And they're like, oh, you serve yourself except for the eggs, the eggs you order. And then when the eggs are brought to him, um, I think this is, and other people have mentioned this too. I think this is where Oliver kind of cracks a little bit mm -hmm. and you see like where he's actually from. He like sends them back. Mm -hmm. Like you, I, I feel like if you are in, Oliver's like true circumstances like where, where he says like you know like I don't have a family like whatever like he would have just eaten the eggs and not said anything yeah but I think that and it's like so small and weird but like I think that him sending the eggs back speaked volumes in that circle right because it's kind of a sense of entitlement right right it's that sense of entitlement where um I feel like I can send these eggs back where like you said if he was a poor kid that just had nothing going for him. He would have never even thought to send the eggs back. Yeah. It's like kind of like a psychological thing with like entitlement with the eggs at least. And then I don't know, Duncan is always scary in those scenes. Cause like Duncan, I think role in Saltburn is just very much like take care of the manor. Mm -hmm. Like the manor comes first. Yes. Like he doesn't care who's in charge of the manor. He just is going to serve whoever is in charge and do the best he can. And I think that's like a, in like a lot of how like old houses, like where there was like, where there was like help, there was like this like idea of like institution. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that with like the Royal family too. It's just like things have been done this way for so long that like, it's just common practice among like the help. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of shows too, like when they're at the table and like Duncan's doing whatever Duncan does, like the separation of like classes as well. That makes a lot of sense. Duncan is there for Saltburn. He doesn't care about anyone or anything. Um, he just wants what's best for the manor. And uh, I think that shows through through the rest of the film as well. Like he is always in the background, <laughs> like sneaking some shit, like just making sure. Um, and that comes through in a lot of different ways. Um, they talk about like the doppelganger. Mm -hmm. So at breakfast, when Venetia's telling the story of uh, Shelly and his doppel doppelganger, she mentions uh, that the house cleaner saw the doppelganger walk past the window and says hello to him before realizing Shelly is actually in Italy. At the exact moment, the a man walks behind the window behind Venetia and the man is dressed in a pink shirt um, that is the same pink shirt that Felix is wearing um, at the table. Um, so it's kind of interesting because it's an interesting coincidence that the person walks by the window exactly when Venetia mentions the doppelganger doing the same thing. Um, and the person happens to look like Felix. And then Felix, you know, spoiler, ends up dead. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we should just go into that because, I mean, yeah. it's like kind of a big part of everything else that gets the plot moving after that. Yeah. The plot moves real fast after that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting point um, to foreshadow what's going to happen. Felix and his pink shirt. Felix and his pink shirt. Um, well, and also there's like a scene after like the funeral too, where um, like, they have to close the curtains because Felix's body is going to go by um, with the coroner and, you know, everyone's just like sitting there in red. Um, so there's like a lot of like red imagery as well. 
especially with like the red curtains, like that red scene. Um, well, there's like the one of the gross scenes where uh, Oliver becomes a vampire with oh, Phoenicia. God, can we just talk about like the gross scene for a second? Yeah, so- we can talk about all the gross scenes. Do you want to talk with, about the bath scene first or do you want to? Just get into the vampire scene. I'll leave it up <laughs> I to you. Do them chronological. Yeah. Okay. So um the viral moments from this movie that have been getting a lot of people talking are definitely the psychosexual kind of scenes that have brought this movie to a lot of people's forefront. Um, and they really play into Oliver's manipulation. So um, if you haven't seen the film, a lot of what Oliver is doing is trying to interject himself within the family. Um, He's trying to become part of higher society in any way he knows how. And he doesn't really care how that happens. He just really wants it to happen. And as you see going forward, there's a lot of calculation um and manipulation that um Oliver actually planned beforehand um we see in the third act that he actually has planned all of his actions beforehand and that's where a lot of the similarities between this movie and the talented Mr. Ripley come because the whole point of that movie is there's a young upstart who doesn't have much Uh, He tries to befriend a rich family and starts to do a lot of dark things to try to become part of this higher society. Um, So one scene, would you like to discuss, would you like to describe the bath scene or would you like me to? (laughs) Um, I think it'd be funnier if you did it, but um, I think that going (laughs) off of your point is that like Oliver is considered like a changeling in their world, like Mm -hmm. A lot of TikTokers have been talking about how, like, he appears one way and then ends up basically like Elizabeth's son. Um, Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, after, you know, her children die um, and Farley's been kicked out, Elizabeth kind of only has Oliver left. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can also talk about that a little bit, too. I just wanted to mention that, like, he is kind of seen as this, like, changeling Um, figure and then there's also some like cool like greek mythology that i kind of want to get into later um definitely but yeah so the bath scene um (laughs) jacob alordi basically is you know having a good time in the bathtub wanking it um and it's important to note that um oliver and felix both share a bathroom Um, So they're able to open the door and see what's going on inside. So, yes. So, you know, Felix is having a private moment with himself um, and he like gets out of the the bathtub and whatever. And as the water is draining, Oliver comes in and he slurps the bathtub water. Yeah. So he lowers himself down and presses his face against Felix's sweet, sweet bath water and just slurps it up. And oh my God, the scene is just so unnerving. You see like Oliver's dead eyes and he's just like staring forward and drinking the bath water, which is full of like just God knows what soap, soap probably filth, you know, um, uh, it's all of it. It's all, yes, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I read a lot of smut. So like I was grossed out, but also like I wasn't, I don't know. 
So that one didn't bother. I don't know if that one was the one that bothered me. (laughs) I, so I think that, pardon me, I was slightly prepared for it. I didn't know the context, but obviously everyone in God's green earth was talking about um, the bathtub scene. So I was ready. Like when, when um, Felix was in the bathtub, I'm like, something's going to happen. Like what is going to happen? And um, there's even... (laughs) Uh, candles now uh, of Felix's bath water. I want one. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> There's also little bathtubs too. Get out. That, like that people have been like pouring drinks in. And I'm like, I oh. want that as well. No, stop it. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I will not accept this degeneracy. <laughs> so um, Barry actually commented and I thought it was um, pretty interesting. He said that uh, this really solidified Oliver's motivations. Um, and it was a really big turning point in the film where he like pretty much couldn't go back. He was he was committing to uh, the obsession, the obsession, and he was giving okay. in to the obsession and really um, making it a point to go through with his plans um which were premeditated the whole time like everything seems so random until you get to the end of the film and it's like this mofo right here was planning it the whole entire time which crazy 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 but I'm surprised that people say that he said that that was a pinnacle moment and not the moment where he's just like staring in the window at oxford and smoking a cigarette watching felix like and this girl like fool around i'm surprised like that moment like which became like before like i'm surprised that wasn't the moment that he was like "Mm, yeah he has a good looking body like i'm gonna commit to this i think that's when he really thought of the idea um more so he was just like all right i think this is what's gonna happen We're, we're planning this we're plotting this which you know in hindsight like i was so shocked by the third act well we'll get there i don't know if i was so shocked by the third act but um, I was surprised by what happened in the third act, but, um, you shouldn't be when you see that scene where he's just like up to some shit standing in the window, watching them. It's just like, yeah, it's creepy. It's very creepy. It's stalkerish. It really turn it, it, it turns the movie. Like you're like, Oh, 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 that's Oliver's not this happy go lucky kid that has some problems. Like, no, he is absolutely insane um is he a genius or is he a psycho hmm, we'll have to get into that but uh the, the second the second psychosexual scene that i think was it might be this one it might be this one that really got me i don't know um is when he is with Venetia. Venetia. i don't know why i can't remember her name um it's but... because it's like a weird greek i feel like it's like a greek name yeah yeah it's like that like all their kids that yeah yeah we're gonna have i might you know we'll see (laughs) so um she's troubled and she has problems and unfortunately she suffers like rich like white people problems true true like it's it's more like i mean not that that's maybe stereotyping a little too much but like to me her problems are just like oh like you know i feel like i'm not the favorite child like felix is a favorite child but there's like this weird like scene where she's sitting on felix's lap and like i'm just like that is weird for siblings to do 
but yes, there's a scene where they're out in the garden. She's like in like this like see-through negligee thing or a dress. It wasn't really a negligee because there was like a lot of fabric, but it reminded you of like, I guess like, um, like, King Henry the Eighth times where they like would have these like like night dresses and whatever and there's moonlight and then Oliver comes out and he's like, Hey, what are you doing standing yeah, exactly. under my window? And then she Yeah, and then they start hooking up and then she's like, It's not the right time of the month. And you're like, Oh shit. So then like you like see like the blood of her menstrual cycle and you're like, Really? Like this is what we're doing? Like that's Gross. And he's like, like I, don't I don't mind, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't mind. And then feel, and then Farley is like watching them, like a little creep from the window, which is disturbing, like a voyeur. Uh, I know. <laughs> like, I think that, like, why, why Farley? Why? Like, if that was me, I would like see what happened. And like, yeah, he wants to report back. Like, I get it, but like, I would have like looked for a second and been like, this is disgusting. I've had enough. I'm like, oh hell no. Yeah, like and I just yeah. dramatically close my my curtains. Yeah, and never think about it again. No. Yeah. So yeah, so there's this whole scene where he is performing um oral pleasure on <laughs> Venetia and uh he ugh, the next scene is him like going to I think the bathroom or bed and yeah, he has taking blood. a bath. Yeah, he has blood all over his face, and I'm just like Bleh. He's like oh. really committed now. If he wasn't committed with the bathwater, now he's like super in it. Like he's just like, I'm going to be a puppet master and just ruin all of these people's lives. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing to, I guess, note is that he has this connection with her. Um, Other than just eating her out in the moonlight, he he makes her believe that he really cares for her. He said, hey, like, I notice what you're doing. I notice you're skipping meals. And he kind of does, like, a sub-dom thing where he's like, you're not going to do that anymore. Like, yeah. ugh, ugh. Like, in other contexts, I think that would have been, like, some kind of, like, romantic thing, I guess. But, like, this was just so off-putting. He just, like, dead stares her in the face and be like, you're going to be my little, like, slave now. And I just, like, hated it. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, bro. But yeah, so he makes that emotional connection with her and he makes her feel like he really cares about her. Um, so that was kind of the context in that and why she trusted him to do what he did in in the moonlight. So is the karaoke scene and then what follows the karaoke scene. So um, everyone is having a good time um, with what, what were they called? The Harrys? Mm-hmm. They're all different Harrys. Um, and so Farley gives Oliver the microphone to sing Rent by the Pet Shop Boys. And basically, this is Farley being a dick to Oliver (laughs) and saying, none of this is real. And Oliver is kind of humiliated in front of this, like, upper crust of society. And there was also even a moment at the dinner, which was interesting, where Venetia is like, you know, Felix doesn't like when other people play with his toys like he's always had a problem with sharing and he basically calls oliver a toy so i find that interesting too but the cringy part happens well during the karaoke scene and then afterwards when oliver basically like attacks farley while he's sleeping yeah and like starts like i don't know i guess aggressively like kind of molesting him yeah um, 
Yeah, I think that was... That was the most uncomfortable scene for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was just violating Farley's personal space and just being super manipulative and borderline, like, scary. Like, it was an awful scene. It it made me cringe more than any of the other scenes, I think. I think it's just because, like, of the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was, like, asserting his dominance. Again. Yeah, he was asserting his dom- dominance again, and then, like, you're just like, but, like, I don't know, I just... they Those two were, like, playing a cat and mouse game the whole time. Um, because even though Farley was, like, in, I guess, the upper, like, in the house, and he was a part of like that world he was like barely a part of that world like he almost was like it was like conditional on his like basis in like their family yeah so he was the cousin of felix and venetia he his sister i mean his mother was sir james's sister Uh, there was like some kind of connection or relation yeah or i think sir james's brother maybe was the father of farley I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, so he had some kind of connection. He was invited to Saltburn. He got to share in the wealth. I feel like um, the family paid for his schooling, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that. But he like got kicked out of every other school that he was in. Mm-hmm. You know, he does a ton of drugs. Like he's like not squeaky clean either. Yeah. So this was like a turning point where you're like, do I want to root? for Oliver or no yeah this is when things start turning to like the sinister I think because at first you think he's just like trying to like climb the social ladder like just you know rags to riches kind of thing but it's apparent that he's has other intentions of just not just (laughs) um having a best friend who's rich um there's more to the story and then it just gets more awkward and more off-putting from there um i think uh after this point they um decide that there was going to be a birthday party for oliver yes because uh, and pamela's gone at this point which is kind of important to mention um pamela she was so briefly in the in the movie but i think that the way that the um like felix's family viewed her like she like there was like alluding to like that she was like almost like the court gesture she was like another one of their pets so like so to speak like they like she the what she wore like she like wore a ton of makeup she like had these like crazy outfits and there's this one uh dinner scene where she like kind of has like this like weird like neck dress that like was a very like i don't know how to say like like 17 maybe like 1500s like english looking like it was like the like the collar that um like queen elizabeth the queen elizabeth the first kind of wore like it was like just this like weird courtly costume and elizabeth kind of alludes to like girl when are you leaving because like you need to go but like pamela was um hiding from i guess a russian ex-boyfriend that was you know has committed multiple murders so i think that People, no one really knew what happened to Pamela because she kind of disappeared into the night. But I kind of think what happened was Elizabeth got tired of her as a pet. So then he, she like released her into the world. And um, I think they allude briefly that Pamela committed suicide, but there might be something more sinister where like maybe the boyfriend found her mm-hmm. and she died that way. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting. I want to know more about Pamela because she was just one of the most interesting characters and I loved her so much. And when they said that she died and she died off screen, we couldn't even like. I know. I don't know. I think that she was like a novelty to them. Like she was like just this like she wasn't even a human person to them. She was just like this like like oh like you know she's crazy. She lives this crazy life, but she dresses well, so we keep her around, kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And to your point, like I think that they liked collecting these like kind of misfits that they can help out because they had just all of this extravagant wealth and they can, you know, provide for these people and they kind of felt like it was kind of a charity kind of them doing something good for the community, getting people like Pamela and Oliver and just showing them a better life. For showing them a life that they couldn't have. Yeah. Because they weren't super wealthy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There was another cringy scene um, that I want to talk about. And it is the scene where Felix goes to Oliver's house before the birthday party. And you find that Oliver's parents are quite lovely and they're not drunks. And... You watch and Felix. Be not like, dead like they thought he was. And the father is not dead. Yeah, that's like a huge plot point. Like, um, especially with like, you know, at school, um, Oliver kind of convinces Felix like to feel sorry for him again, uh, to manipulate him because he was like losing Felix's favor. Um, and then he says that his father died, and they like throw a rock into on like off a bridge, which is important later. But um, yeah, you find out that at lunch, like his parents are lovely. Like, you know, it seems like it, it. It seems like there's a weird dynamic though between Oliver and his parents. Yeah, well, it it seems like they're just the kind of like stifly middle class British family where they, you know, probably have a lot of expectations for him, and he was, you know, kind of the the smart kid growing up. So they always had you know big plans for him and things like that. But it seems like they were just a normal family and uh, they had everything decorated for Oliver's birthday and yeah. uh, they're really excited to see him. And yeah, I think that was super cringy that he just came from such a normal background and he just somehow became so psychologically like messed up from that. Like, I don't know, like the whole like scene where like he's like, OK, like, let's go back for my party. And like the dad is like, but there's cake. Your mother made a cake. And then like the mother is like, oh no, it's okay. Like he wants to go back or whatever. Like it, it's clear that he probably, and he has two sisters too, which is crazy. Like you never see them. Yeah. But, but he he's has not two an siblings. Only child, like he says. He's, yeah. He's not an only child. Like he says, he like is clearly a liar. Um, He tells his parents that he's like busy all the time with like plays and whatnot, but he's not doing that. He's just too obsessed over Felix to like actually have any extra curricular. Like I would find it hard for him to be that obsessive and have like extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. (laughs) His extracurricular activity was Felix. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So um, then obviously Felix is super angry and um, feels lied to and cheated and pretty much says, let's have the party. Yeah. I mean, as he should, like you lied to him literally about everything in your life. And Oliver just kind of expects him to just be able to forgive him. He says, sorry. And he's like, I'm really sorry. You know, can we get on with this party? And 
let's go back to Saltburn. And he's like, are you high? Like, <laughs> like, no, we can't go back to normal. We'll have this party because everybody's coming, but no, you can leave after this and I never want to see you again. And Oliver takes us like an affront. He, he's like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, he doesn't realize like what he did, which is weird. And then also like, so this whole movie, when I was watching it the first time, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like Catholic guilt or whatever, but like, I just felt like an enormous amount of like shame, like just like that, like through like all these awkward scenes. I'm like, why am I still watching this? Like, this is like a whole, like, this is like humanity at its worst. No, seriously. No one was really likable in the whole film, honestly. No. There's there's no one where I was, except for poor Pamela. I know. I don't know. She was like the only one, like, I, 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 don't, I don't think she really had a lot of dimension as a character mm -hmm. um, compared to everyone else. But like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was just really uncomfortable watching the whole thing the first time. Yeah. Yeah. The second time was for research. <laughs> for science, you know. Yeah. For science, yeah. Also, I made Nate watch it, and he's like, "What is this?" <laughs> well, it's funny because going back to when like the previews were first coming out, me and Brian kind of had a joke. Every time we watch, like, would watch the previews, we would be like, "What is this movie about?" Though, like, all the previews never gave you a glimpse into what the film was actually about. So every time we saw a Sulphur trailer, we were like, what? But what is it about, though? But wh why would I want to watch that? So when I told him I watched it, he's like, oh, and how was that? I was like, you don't even know. <laughs> like, I'm like, mind blown. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, but going into the party scene and the third act, um, I will say that once this part of the film started taking form, um i i knew it i i knew what was gonna go on like by this point it was very obvious to me i think what was gonna happen um some people were like this was the most shocking oh my goodness like what a twist i was like not really i don't know i felt like i i saw it coming from a mile away at that point um you can't be that obsessive and not have it come to like some kind of climax because it, it was just like a simmer, like throughout the whole film, like everything like leading up to it was like, like turning the simmer up a little bit more like the bathtub scene, like you're like, all right, we're at like a, like a, like a, like a low setting on the oven. Yeah. And then the vampire scene is like, all right, we're, we're like, we're in the middle. And then the karaoke scene. The vampire scene. <laughs> yeah, the vampire scene. And then karaoke scene, we're turning it up a little bit more. Um when Farley like dramatically leaves because of the plates that Oliver set up, oh, you yeah. know, that's turning it up a little bit more. And then I feel like when he finally meets the parents, we're just like boiling at that point. Yeah, it is. It is at a full boil. And then at the party scene, like it's just going to overflow. Yeah. And everything's going to burn. Everyone and everything. Everyone and everything is just <laughs> worst of humanity. So the party scene, um, was extravagant and beautiful i thought it was so well made and the costumes were amazing and um i think is this the point where there was like some mythology mythological yes. yeah so um some people were saying that uh, um like there was well there was a lot of like minotaur imagery right um, from greek mythology um some were saying That's that the labyrinth 
Yeah, the labyrinth, um, which was like really elegant and super well done. Um, it was designed by Dalius and his son Icarus. Um, some people have been comparing Felix to Icarus that he flew too close to the sun um, because of his angel wings. Um, some were saying that um, Oliver was, you know, the Minotaur um, who is, you know, trying to kill Theseus, um, who was supposedly also possibly um, Felix. Um, so, you know, I loved Oliver's costume mm-hmm. um, because you kind of see him kind of like transform more into like high society almost. Like you can see him like kind of like trying on that, like I guess skin, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the camera work in this part of the film was so well done because you're just looking at everything but there's like so many things like that are like just like leading up to this climax of, you know, Felix in the maze mm-hmm. being poisoned by Alcor. Yep. yep. So um, then afterwards they find Felix dead um, and it's a really heart wrenching scene. Like everyone acted their asses off in that scene. Like you really was... thought someone died. Like, yeah. It was, and the, I I think one of the most palpable, I guess, uh, scenes is when they are sitting in the dining hall and they're just trying to have a lunch, like nothing happened. And they just found Felix's body and you're just sitting there and you're like, well, what's going to happen now? And everybody's sitting there and staring off into space. And um, this was a point where uh, I just read an article from Screen Rant where uh, they said that they were actually going to foreshadow the deaths of the rest of the family. Um, So we can get into that and talk about the rest of the deaths and how this scene foreshadowed a lot of them, I guess, apparently. All of them, actually, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, So I didn't, like, I briefly looked at that article that you sent, but um, I also was, like, watching TikTok, and they were saying that first, I think it's, they shoot, they, they show Venetia, and she's over pouring her wine glass and you see her like chugging it and like the wine dripping all of all over her white shirt and that foreshadows her death in the bathtub yep in which she quote unquote slits her wrists and you see the overflowing bathtub with blood she did not kill herself (laughs) she was murdered she was murdered straight up murdered straight up (laughs) Um, you see, well, Farley like leaves the table and then like Farley kind of disappears. So I think that the, that because it, they, they think that it was like Farley's drugs that killed Felix. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, or some are speculating that like, that's what happened. Uh, so then he leaves the table. Like we never see or hear from him again. Um, so some people were saying that maybe he went back to America to just try to, I guess, deal with all of this. So he kind of is like the only one who kind of makes it out live. Yep. But I'm sure that he has to live with the guilt of, you know, all of these deaths. So who knows what happens to him? And then they show um, Elizabeth or Isbeth. How do you say her name? Elizabeth. Um, choking, um, which foreshadows her getting her like trachea ripped out or like the trachea tube ripped, yeah, whatever, the, I mean, whatever that's called. Yeah, pretty much her life support getting pulled her out. life support getting ripped out. Um, and then they show Sir James with his ears shut and him shutting out the world and i think it's it's hinted that he committed suicide yeah i'm assuming they they just said he died alone 
but I'm assuming that the madness, like he, he went absolutely bonkers at that point. And I'm assuming that, yeah, he, he did kill himself. So Oliver technically didn't kill Sir James, but mm -hmm. he, he did in some way. So he probably wasn't seeing, like, probably wasn't expecting that. He's like, oh, this is one murder I don't have to commit. Yeah. Yeah. He was very patient with that one. <laughs> yeah. Cause he like, like, I think he just broke Sir James mm -hmm. mentally. Yeah. And before he dies, he does tell Oliver, he's like, I want you out of here. Like Elspeth uh, has too much of a connection to you. I don't like it. Like, I don't like what you're doing here and does kind of see what's going on, even though he doesn't think that you know, Oliver murdered his children, but he does see the manipulation in which Oliver is trying to kind of weasel his way into the estate. And also, I'm sure if Sir, Sir James saw the grave scene, um, he would not. Oi, we almost didn't cover the grave scene. <laughs> Do you like that segue? Oh nice segue. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and to Barry's credit, this was completely ad-libbed. Which like it's sick. Sick, sick, sick. What a sicko. What a sicko. It um, just reminds me of the Grinch. Sicko. <laughs> like Jim Carrey saying sicko. <laughs> exactly. We should like insert that here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, it was disgusting. And um, so pretty much uh during the Felix um scene, they go ahead and they have a funeral. Um, of course, Oliver's there because he was Felix's best friend. And um then they throw a rock into the water with Felix's name on it. So um, going back to when they did that, when Felix and Oliver did that with um, Oliver's quote unquote dad, um, it was this old, I think they said it was Felix's grandfather. Or it was, it was a tradition that they had for many generations, something like that, where um, they would write a name of the deceased and kind of like you know, wish them well, put their, their intentions on the rock and throw it into the ocean, um, as like a symbol. Uh, so then, uh, they, they go ahead and do that. And, um, well, they only did it for a pet. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. They only, like, they only, he, um, Felix says when his father died, like, oh, I've only done this for a pet so far. So maybe it's stupid, but yeah, we could do it. Yeah. So then they do it for Felix um, and they, they do that. And then um, Oliver stays behind and starts crying and screaming on the grave. And um, because you haven't seen any of the other deaths, you almost think maybe he didn't kill him. I, yeah. I At that point, I knew he did. But you're not sure you're like oh my god he loved him so much look at him crying yeah. and screaming and then he just strips naked and starts having sex with the grave what and it's yeah raining. that was and oh god i couldn't i like that was the one like the other ones disturbed me that was the one where i physically cringed like i literally like balled up in a ball and i was just like no make this stop please <laughs> I know. I I I I don't remember the first time that I watched it, but I'm like, wait, is this happening? This is not happening. He's not doing this, right? Oh god, it was so bad. Like, oh, it 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 made me want to take a shower. Like, I hated it so much. But yeah, but yeah. So like at that point, you know, going back a little bit, like we kind of bounced around a little bit, but that I was I was almost like, oh, maybe he didn't kill him. Maybe this is going to go in another direction. 
you know, because he loved him so much. But going back and knowing what happens in the rest of the film, like, I'm not sure why he did that. I I don't know. Maybe leave us a comment. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, please. To, yeah. Let, let us know your theories on why he would, you know, F a grave of his friend. Oh, <laughs> I hated it so much. But yeah, so um, then after the um, Benicia dies next, um, Oliver kills her in a bathtub and makes it seem like a suicide. But she has this great monologue mm -hmm. calling him a moth, calling him like saying that Sir James think like calls him like Spider-Man. So there's like a lot of like bug in imagery, like and like Oliver is just like eating it up. Like he's eating up her monologue, like because I don't know, he's weirdly obsessed with the family. He's like you know, grieving Felix. She's grieving Felix. And she's like, just has this like beautiful monologue, just basically like calling him out on all of his shit. Like just being like, you ate Felix up and licked to the plate. Mm -hmm. Which is probably one of my favorite lines of the movie. Like her like last monologue is just so impactful. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, if only they knew though, that he was actually a spider and not a moth, then maybe she would have been a little bit more careful because she really i think the whole family except for sir james uh really underestimated even farley they really underestimated what he was capable of but i think sir james saw through that and uh to your point yeah venetia and again the actress that played venetia acted her ass off the acting in this movie whether you like it or not phenomenal like yeah but yeah um so after she has that um, he kind of just smirks at her, which, oh, oof, so chilling. Like, I hate it. Yeah. Um, and he kind of just smirks at her and then proceeds to kill her. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Sir James kicks him out and we don't see him until he's like, until it's like, like time has passed. And, you know, he's reading Sir James's obit. Um, and then Elizabeth walks into this coffee shop and he's, she like recognizes him through a reflection um, there is a lot of like reflection work in this film, which is interesting. Um, you almost kind of see like, and I wonder if that's like kind of like the like two-faced kind of like imagery, like, you know, one is, you know, the correct image of like, and then you have like the reflection of like, oh, actually he's like a murderer and obsessed and he's going to like just kill everyone. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good point. But Elizabeth comes in and then you see the sequence move very fast where like she like signs over the house um to him and then some people are alluding that she like she got covid and that's why she was on the breathing machine but i don't know how much time has passed well yeah i i mean that could have been it i think that i don't know i i assumed that he did something yeah a lot of people are assuming that he like poisoned her yeah, like something had happened where she had gone into a coma and I I just assumed it was him. But I mean, yeah, there could have been an illness there. Maybe he was playing the long game and just was like, well, let's see what happens. And, you know, yeah. she signed over the trust to me as the, you know, next of kin, blah, 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 blah. And we'll see how this goes. But I just assumed he did something to her and knew she was going to be in a coma and then pulls out her life support which again disgusting that was cringy like, very cringy i just yeah. i hated that part yeah 
and she's just gasping for breath. Awful, like terrible. Um, he's like moving up her like nightgown like he's gonna like do something and I was like oh fuck no like we're not we're not doing this like we're like if no yeah just terribly terribly violating her just awful like knowing that she can't do anything and I think that was supposed to be a uh oh my god I can't think of words an analogy yeah sure um for uh the um for what he's doing to her like she has no control um yeah yeah he's he's playing the game where he he has full control of everything and so when he's doing that he's just exerting his control once more like I'm I could touch you however I want I can do whatever I want to you because you have no control over this situation awful terrible like I, I mean, hate he it doesn't but like no I yeah know, there's he like alluding but yeah it's just there's that like alluding which is like uncomfortable because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like abusive care yeah, definitely. And then he he pulls it out and um, we get the final part of the film, which <laughs> was my favorite part of the whole movie. Really? The dance sequence where he's just dancing around the house? So finally, Oliver gets what he wanted the whole time. And you kind of see that this was his intentional along. Um, he, he has this moment with um Elspeth where he kind of confesses the whole thing he pretty much says I hate your family I hate you um I hated Felix which I want to touch on that for a second uh but uh yeah I he just pretty much says I hate your whole family and the only reason why I was doing this is because I wanted fame and power and money um which is crazy fair. I mean I guess that's a good trade you know morals versus power I guess. Um, but was it really worth it? I mean, what is he getting? He's getting salt burn. Um, That's and... me being sarcastic, by the way. I just <laughs> need to throw that out there because I don't, I don't want like the listener coming for me being like, what? <laughs> what are you nuts? No. <laughs> but um, so, um, but yeah. So... On the dance floor. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know how like much that song is stuck in my head? So, okay. So oh, yeah. yeah. It he... plays on my head like on repeat. Yeah. So the last scene is um, Oliver dancing through Saltburn naked, celebrating his victory. Not um, a prosthetic, by the way. He said it wasn't. Get out. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he's completely naked. You see full frontal. Barry just dancing through this house to murder on the dance floor. And um, that song is now on the charts again uh, because of Saltburn and I I can't get enough of it. <laughs> like I listen to it all the time. <laughs> Which know, it makes me want to manner and like just dance around. Dance around naked. Just yeah. Why not? Just very freeing, I guess. Maybe without the murder. At the end, you see um like puppets almost. Like the it's like a stage. And you see all of them and they're they're all named. Um, and it pretty much hits the nose on the head with the comparison, like they were all puppets in his scheme um and he's just dancing and celebrating but it's interesting that he had to dive down for every single rock that was thrown mm -hmm. into the lake yep he had all their rocks and so he dove down in the lake and uh yeah got all their rocks and uh danced naked <laughs> to and that's saltburn <laughs> and that is saltburn um but the one thing that got to me was like was he like is he that much of a psycho that the whole time like he never had any connection to felix like it was like very premeditated like especially when you see like the bike he like punctures a hole in the bike 
um, to like, just be able to like talk to Felix and then everything else that follows, you're just like, wow, this was like so premeditated mm -hmm. and you know, he just like, didn't care about anyone's feelings. Yeah. It was literally just all about him getting this money and power and just, I, it was a crazy film. I hope it wins awards. I, uh, I, so talking about it now, I get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, this, 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 this. Um, but I don't know if I was like as hype about it as other people were. Like people were like, this is mind blowing. This is like amazing. Like this is, I don't know if it was all of that, but it was really entertaining and I really enjoyed it. And I think there was a lot the of imagery. It's yeah, like it all the imagery. Was it was like, it was like all the Easter eggs. I think the Easter eggs kind of made it enjoyable mm -hmm. because like when you like think about the plot itself, like the first, whenever they're at school, like it's just so boring and you're just like, what is the point of this film? Mm -hmm. And then when you finally like reach like all of those like awkward moments, I think it's like kind of like two-sided. It's like one, like dealing with humanity and like how like we respond to it. And, like, kind of maybe, like, how, like, we all like to watch a train wreck because you can't stop. Like, it's, like, just, like, human nature. Like, it's, like, I don't know, it's, like, that, like, Freuda mindset thinking of, like, watching other people's, like, pain and anguish. But, like, it also made me feel really uncomfortable. Right. And maybe, like, that was, like, kind of the point. I don't know. Right. But I, I liked it. I liked it. I did like it. Um, I think it was a story that was told before. Like I said, Talented yeah. Mr. Ripley. I would suggest you go watch that. That's a far less disturbing version of Saltburn. Um, but uh, to the writer and director who is one of the same's credit, I think she made it uh, its own story. Like, I don't think this was a ripoff. I don't think this was a remake um, because there was so much thought and imagery put into it. Like you said, it was all those little things along the way that really showed Oliver's manipulation and calculation. And it really made for like a really good film. I I really did enjoy it. Um, even though I saw the twist coming, I have a joke with Brian, like, if I can see the twist coming, then, like, it's not, like, very compelling. But um, I still loved it. I, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I think that the twist, like, I think that this was, like, a hard movie for me to predict. Because mm -hmm. um, usually, like, I do kind of, like, pick out, like, plot points pretty quickly. But I kind of had, I kind of struggled with it a little bit until we started getting further into the movie. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, this all is right, yeah this is going to happen. And then I just recently watched um, Black Swan. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, I just, I kind of find it interesting when characters have like their own like psychosis and they go through this like whole, like you see like their whole like crazy like process of like, or like their version of reality. Mm -hmm. And then like you kind of see glimpses of like the true or normal reality. And you're like, oh, so like they just completely like went off the deep end. Yeah, seriously. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was Saltburn. <laughs> let us know what you think. Um, let us know your did thoughts. You like it? Yeah. Did you hate it? Like, are you obsessed with know. it? Are you going to buy the candle? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. This has been another episode of Over Caffeinated with Attitude. I am one of your hosts, Caitlin. And I'm your other host, Laura. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.